uh, on the subject, and I don't know if it's the greatest subject, but the way to title it, but only giving God what I don't want. Only giving God what I don't want. Isn't that amazing? Now, I just want you to know that I'm not preaching to just a particular person or a particular thing. I'm going to be ministering today, hopefully to everyone, starting with myself. The scripture text that I'm going to read to you today is in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Y'all know this, by the way? Have you read this before? Praise God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and unto your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received the word and were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Praise God. I want to talk to you today with the help of the Lord once again, uh, only giving God what I don't want. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit, asking you, Lord, to help me, dear God, as I minister your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Acts 2 and 37 through 41 pretty much nails everything down, doesn't it? I guess not. I said Acts chapter 2, 37 through 41 pretty much nails everything down, doesn't it? Praise God. You cannot argue with the fact that, amen, Jesus told them to wait in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 to receive the promise. Peter standing telling them that this promise is for you and your children to them that are far off, so you can't say that. Praise God. As many as the Lord our God shall call. So you can't say it's not for us. He talks in verse 2 about it saving yourselves from this untoward generation. So it's a salvational message. He talks on, praise the Lord, how the 3,000 souls went through repentance, baptism, and Holy Ghost and was added to the church. So it's pretty much nailed down. I don't know how we can get around it. It's what we must do, and, and of course, we do understand that. We understand that Jesus cornered Nicodemus, or Nicodemus cornered Jesus, and Jesus began to relate to him in John chapter 3. Jesus had told him, he said, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, except, in other words, without, that's the only way. And then he said unto him, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And then verse 15, he said, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Believing 
Should not means they should not. It doesn't say they will not because they, it takes more than believing. You've got to repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. We understand that. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in him should not, once again, should not perish but have everlasting life. So when we look at Acts chapter 2, and uh, where Peter stood on the day of Pentecost, and we look at John chapter 3, where Jesus told Nicodemus that a man must repent and that he must be born again of the water or, fill, or baptized, and he must be born again of the Spirit or filled with the Holy Ghost, then we understand, praise God, that, amen, a person must repent, a person must be baptized, and a person must be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the more I live, the more I'm convinced of that. And the more I live, the more I see that. Repentance is a wonderful thing. It's a great thing to repent. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. We, when we're sick of our sins, and when we become a sinner, and when uh, we feel the weight and the guilt and everything... Amen. We like going to God and repenting. It's, it's, it's unloading on God. It's almost like putting our garbage out at the end of the street for God to get. We say, Lord, we're sorry. We're excited about it. We want God to take all of our sins. Praise God. Giving God the things that we do not want. We're giving God the things that are, is uh, haunting us. And we're giving God our burdens and everything. We're carrying him to God once again. It's like, it's like garbage to us. And so we're so excited. We're, we're going to get forgiven for it. And we're going to ask God to take, uh, we're going to ask God to take them. Praise the Lord. And so forgiveness of our sins can give us a clear conscience. It makes us feel good. We, we're happy for that. And so I want to just kind of change gears here for a little bit and talk a little bit about a, some personal relation, personal experiences that I have. Um, I have another church you may not know about. It's called Brightway. I do more marriages and funerals and everything else under Brightway than I actually do under Christian Life Tabernacle. And so I, I do more counseling. I do more of everything through Brightway. And um, I'll have people that will come to me. And they'll say to me, uh, I got saved yesterday. You did? Yes. And tears will be flowing down their eyes. And they will say to me, I, I went to the altar and I confessed the Lord as my personal Savior. And I... I, uh, I, I got forgiveness, and, and now I'm, I'm saved. And I will say to them, I will say, good, that's good, I'm glad, this is great. But I want to tell you something about a thing in the Bible called the Holy Ghost. You need to move on from this point. And I have found that when I go to tell them that, it's no more like I'm talking to this pulpit. They'll look at me and say, Okay, and I will say to them, you know, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said unto them, repent. That's what you did. That's great. Peter will said unto them to be baptized. That's what you need to do. That's great. Peter said unto them, receive the Holy Ghost. And I, I will begin to talk to them with one person I remember. 
I started, he come to me and he's like, I want you to know, and, and his life was one of horrible, starting out in the army all the way down. And he's like, I want you to know I'm carrying this weight. And I gave it to the altar, and I got rid of my PSD, PSD or the, 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 the thing. And he said, and he was talking about it, and I, I let him talk. And I, this was some years back. And I said to him, I said, I want to tell you about the Holy Ghost. And once again, it was like I was just talking to this pulpit. It just did not register in his mind. And so halfway through, he's, I stopped him, and I said to acknowledge to him, for the second time, I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. There is a Holy Ghost in the Bible. And it was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And it's for you. And it was almost like I was talking to my dog. It just did not register. And so at the end of the conversation, I said to him the third time. I said, this is the third time that I'm going to talk to you. And I did it because I just wanted to implant on him. He was tender. He was soft. He was repentive. He got forgiveness from God. Praise the Lord. And if the Bible that I'm preaching to you from tonight is true, and everything that I've read to you is true, there's more than just repentance, and he needs to move on. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to tell you now, look at me for the third time. There's a Holy Ghost in there. It was poured out on the day of Pentecost. When you really open your heart, you're tender, you're open, you're clean. God's forgiven you. You've come to God, but you're not all the way. You need to move on to the Holy Ghost. Open up to Him. Let Him come in. Let Him take control. Let Him speak through you like they did in the book of Acts. And once again, for the third time, I knew when we walked away that it just was like talking to this pulpit. And I said to the Lord, and I'm sure some of you struggle with the same thing. Praise God. And that is what is known as the confession of one's faith. Praise the Lord. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you got to help me understand this. you got to help me, praise God, realize what's going on. Amen. You see, it's easy to give God the things that you don't want. It's easy to give him your sins. It's easy, easy to give him, praise the Lord, the things that you don't want, your suffering, your, your struggles, your all that. It's easy to repent and, and come to God. Now, it's not totally easy to repent, but when you come to the acknowledgement of conviction, then it's easy to give that back to God and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, here it is. And it's easy to open up and give him all of that. But there comes a transition in a person's life, praise God, where they go from being forgiveness unto receiving God. And it's not just giving God the things that you don't want, but God's got to continue to move on into a person's life to take things that you really don't want to give him. Praise God. You don't want to give him. You don't want him to have control of them. It's almost like the garbage man knocking on your door and saying, now I've got your garbage, give me your house. But that is what it feels like. It feels like, praise the Lord, God's taken away my sins. I feel great. There's a good feeling inside. I feel great in the Lord. I feel wonderful in God. But it's almost like cleaning out a house 
or getting rid of the robbers, but not posting guards at the door. Praise God. And I feel great about it. I feel wonderful about it. But it is allowing God to take your sins, but not allowing Him to come in and take over your life. It is easy to give God the things that you don't want, like your sin and your shame and your your guilt and everything else. But it's harder to give God the things that you want to keep. And that's the way that you walk, the way that you live, the way that you talk, the way that you do the things that you want to do. Praise God. This is what happened. Let me read to you a couple instances. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 15, it says, Who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. They repented. They felt good. Their sins were forgiven. They went that far, but they did not receive the Holy Ghost. It says, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them. They only were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in verse 17, this is eight years after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And it says, and when Simon saw that through the late, I'm sorry, verse 17, and they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, verse 18 says that when Simon saw that through the laying on the hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Something happened to them when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The only thing that I can think of was the same thing that happened to them on the day of Pentecost. 21 years later in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, and he said unto them, Ye have received the Holy Ghost, or have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They had repented, they had come to the Lord, but they had not received the Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Ye, we have so much heard, whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, verse 4, Then saith Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they, uh, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. Uh, amen. And prophesied. Praise the Lord. And so when a person comes to God, there is a giving up of their sins. There is an asking God for forgiveness. There is a complete uh, uh, relaxation in that or a complete completion in that. But that's not all God wants. He doesn't want just what you don't want. He wants your body. He wants your soul. He wants your spirit. God wants more than your sins. Praise God. He wants all of you to control you. Praise God. Amen. This is why this once saved, always saved doctrine is so acceptable. Because it's so easy. Praise the Lord. It's not biblical. It's not even logic. If once saved, you're always saved. Why would you ever go back to church? It's not even a logical doctrine, but people swallow it up because it's an easy doctrine. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible can be filled with Acts 2.38s. It could be filled with John 3s. But because people can pacify themselves, amen, with something that they feel. Well, I feel like I'm saved. I feel like I'm right. I feel like I'm living for the Lord. And, and, and I don't want to be a negative about it. I need to be positive about it tonight. Because all I'm going to say to you is there's more and it's greater. It's good. You know, someone said to me, do I have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved? And having the Holy Ghost like I did, I wanted to say to them, why wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost? Why wouldn't you want God to be inside? Why wouldn't you want to be filled with the Spirit? Why wouldn't you want to know what it is when He takes complete control? Praise God. And He works through you. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why... People will even throw out baptism. Baptism isn't essential anymore. And people are like, oh, that's good. I don't have to do that. That's something I don't have to do. Praise God. You see, confession and repentance, it can be desirable when you're under conviction. And you can ask God to forgive you. And you can ask God to take away your sins, and he will. And it's a great thing. But you cannot stop there. You have to go on to receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You cannot just give God the sins that you don't want. But you got to go farther and you got to let Him have complete control of everything that you are. Praise God. I find that in the book of Acts, when they spoke with tongues in the book of Acts, it was a sign. Amen. Of the Holy Ghost. You see, our body, the Bible, James tells us in James 3 and 2, he says that whenever, if you can control the tongue, he says you can control the body. Acts 3 and 2. And as Pentecostal people, we put so much emphasis on the tongues. Amen. Maybe because some try to get take tongues out of it. But we put so much emphasis on the tongues and sometimes it really makes problems for us tongues is a wonderful thing but tongues is only a sign of the baptism of the holy ghost jesus tells us in mark chapter 16 and verse 17 he says and these signs shall follow them that believe they don't follow the signs the signs follow them They shall cast out devils. I don't go around trying to find devils to cast out. But if I have a situation where I have a possessed person and God wants that person wants to be delivered and uh, I, uh, I feel in the Holy Ghost that God wants to do it, then I'm going to pray that that devil be cast out. I've done that before. And it goes on to say they shall speak with new tongues, tongues that they do not know. Signs will follow them. When you are seeking for the Holy Ghost, you're seeking for the Holy Ghost. The signs are, are the tongues is just the sign you got the Holy Ghost. But in Pentecost sometimes, we're more interested in the tongues than we are in the Holy Ghost. And I know people today that do not believe in this because somebody was more important with the tongue than they was the Holy Ghost. And when they, when they said something wrong or said said something that they didn't understand, they told them that was the Holy Ghost. Don't do that. 
Amen. Let the person get the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when they get the Holy Ghost, you won't have to tell them they got it. But the Bible, Jesus told them, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. Amen. And they shall take up serpents. That's why we don't have snakes in this church. Because we're not, we're not doing this, we're not following the signs. But on the other hand, like Paul, when he reached inside the fire, and he got a hold of that serpent and it came out, he shook it off into the fire. You know, it's amazing to me that you'll have churches, they'll handle snakes, but they won't drink deadly poison. Well, praise God, maybe it's a good thing they don't, but the thing of it is, amen, it's a sign that follows. So these signs follow you, and that's what the Jesus told them in Mark. He said, these signs are going to follow you. So you have to understand that tongues was a sign. Acts chapter 4, or Acts chapter 10, and verse 45, 12 years after the day of Pentecost, the Bible said, and they of the circumcision, that was the Jew, which believed were astonished as many that came with Peter, that's uh, Peter, because on the Gentiles was out, poured out the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so these Jews that always received the Holy Ghost up until 12 years after the day of Pentecost did not believe that a Gentile could get the Holy Ghost. But all of a sudden, these Gentiles were getting the Holy Ghost. And the Jews looked around and said, they got the Holy Ghost. How did they know they got the Holy Ghost? Well, the next verse tells us, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Praise God. They spoke in tongues, so there was a sign there. You see, amen. Acts 1 and 8 tells us, praise God, that but it, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, James telling us that the tongue is the most unruly member when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to say that the Holy Ghost has many things that allow us to, we all, we all have to walk according to the Spirit. I know people who have allowed the Lord speak through them in another language, but they can't control their tongue with what they say. And that bothers me too, because we all need to let the Holy Ghost rule and reign in our lives. I don't know about you, but the whole book of Corinthians talks about wonderful things that you can do with tongues, praise God. You can pray with tongues. You can prophesy with tongues. You can speak with tongues. You can let the Holy Ghost speak through you. There are things tomorrow that I cannot know that's going to happen. God will not tell me, but He will use my spirit to pray for in tongues. There are things that are happening to missionaries over in other countries that God does not display to me, but because I yield my flesh to Him, He will take my tongue and He will use it to speak other tongues to pray for those missionaries. And there are such wonderful things that God can use when you allow Him to speak through your tongue. I'm just going to say to the whole church tonight, we need to just let God have all of us. Praise God. And that's not just speaking in tongues. That's, just, that's allowing God to, to 
Shut your mouth when you say things you shouldn't say. To be in the Spirit. Jesus told them, And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, and wait till it be endued with power upon high. When a person repents, they unload all their sins at the altar, at the bottom of the cross. They lay them sins out. Praise God. But I promise you tonight, they cut themselves short when they don't push on. Amen. To not only giving God that, but giving God everything. Even so much that he will take their tongue and allow them to say a language that they don't understand. I will say this tonight. If you don't know when you got the Holy Ghost. The Bible said ye shall receive power. After that you receive the Holy Ghost. Somehow you'll know when the Holy Ghost has come in. You'll know when you get it. Now, I will say this tonight. I'm not going, I'm, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not, uh, pushing anyone to go in any way. But I will let you know, praise the Lord, what God has done for me when He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that there's more than just repentance. That there's a Holy Ghost that God can put down inside of you. That you know without a doubt that God is there. Can I get a witness tonight? Praise God. But we need to do more than just speak in tongues. We need to let the love of the Holy Ghost live through us. You know, we need more on, we need to move more on to the Holy Ghost and not just repentance. I'm so glad. It really answered a lot of things in my mind when I kept thinking, why is this, why is this person that I'm trying to win to God? Why do they not see the Holy Ghost? Why do they not want the Holy Ghost? Why do they not want to go on through to the Holy Ghost? They, some of them wouldn't even look at me and tell me, I got the Holy Ghost. They wouldn't even tell me that. And I, I, really, I really wrestled with God. I said, God, you've got to help me understand. And the Lord just said to me, he said, they're willing to give me their sins. They're willing to come to me with their needs. But the moment that I reach in and try to touch them, or the moment that I want to reach on and move on into their lives, they put the brake on. They don't want to hear that. And I understand that. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. When, God's, when God tries to, you know, take more control of my life, and that's, that's one of the things that when a person receives the Holy Ghost and God speaks through them, he meant their tongue is the most unruly member. That's the thing they're going to give up last. He meant, and they give them that. Praise God. But First John 4 and 7 says, Behold, let us love one another. For love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. And verse 8 says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So, how do we know, amen, that we can get this love? Verse 13 says, How be it, know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us His Spirit. We have the Holy Ghost. Let's all stand.
Praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I don't want to be confrontational with anyone in any way. And I understand every one of us, praise God, have things that we need from the Lord. There's things that I need from the Lord. I told the Lord tonight at the altar, I said, God, you know me, you know me. I don't feel worthy to preach your gospel. I don't feel worthy to carry your word. I said, but you know me, God. You know my heart. You know my life. You know my struggles. You know my ends. You know my outs. I said, God, you know me. You know my needs. You know the things that I struggle with. God, I don't want to be a, a hypocrite in any way. Lord, you know that. Praise God. But Lord, you know that I need you. I need things in my life. Church, I need things in my life. You need things in your life. Every one of us needs things in our lives. But I'm just going to say for every one of us here tonight, we can't just use God for forgiveness. We have to let him be able to take control. And in Acts 1 and 8 says, ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You don't want to shortchange yourself. I know you're going to have to push harder. I know you're going to have to dig deeper. I know you're going to have to give more. I will say this, in my years of tarrying with people for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I won't mention them, someone here, they would come up, they would cry, they would pray, they would talk to God, and if God allowed me, if he gave me the Holy Ghost in a bottle, I would have poured it on them, and I just said to God, why won't you give them the Holy Ghost? Why won't you pour it out on them? And they would come back and they would cry and they would push and they would talk to God and they would, God, I was killing me. He was killing me. One night they came up and got the Holy Ghost and it was just all over them. And I'll never forget it. They said to me, they said, you know, there was one thing that I wasn't going to give up. There was one thing that I was not going to let go. There was one thing that I was going to hold on to that just had me in a death grip. And I wasn't going to give it to God. They said, but tonight, I let it go. And tonight, God filled me with His Spirit. And I looked at that and I thought, that's why God's in control. That's why God can give salvation, and I can't. You can't come up here and confess to me and, and, and etc. You can't do that to me because I'm not God. I don't know your heart. I don't know when you're coming to me if you're really fully in forgiveness or if you're holding something back. But when you go to Him in repentance, and when you go to Him in your baptism, and when you go to Him and you give Him your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, praise God, 
God knows when you do it. And that's when God will complete it with you. Let's all open these altars up tonight. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight.